You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Andre, uh, I'm jealous. You just got back from driving the new Raptor. I did. I was in Las Vegas and also California. Yeah, Ford really uh, gave you a workout, right? You had to up like at 4 in the morning and drive from Las Vegas to the dunes of California to go uh, jump in the Raptor. Yeah, so this was the first drive event. So whenever a new truck is launched, uh, usually that manufacturer has a first drive. And this was a little bit different. Not a usual program that we sometimes go to. It was kind of a one-shot one kind of a wave of journalists so it wasn't done like over and over and over again we flew into las vegas hold on don't don't go save it save it save oh, it okay. hold on we're not there yet we're not there but yet. it's the brand new third generation yeah. raptor I'm, I'm doing the we're not there yet are you obi-wan kenobi yeah not there oh. yet anyway in this episode of tfl talking trucks we're not only going to talk about the new raptor andre well you're not going to talk about it because i haven't driven it but we're also going to feature an interview with the uh, new well newish ceo of ram who's that that's mike koval and you had an opportunity to actually interview him yeah i had a chance to talk to him about uh, jd powers which is exciting news for them and of course more importantly uh for you probably out there i talked to him about uh you know the chip shortage uh the trx yes uh and you know how it's going to go when we have uh, chips again, if they're going to go back to having, you know, 500 trucks on a lot. And the answer was interesting. So that's going to come up about the middle of this podcast. Um, so a lot of news in the truck world this week. Uh, but let me now take the mind, Obi-Wan Kenobi mind, whatever that's called. Mind block? Yeah, off of you. Okay. And let's go back to the, to the Raptor. But before we even do that, let's talk about what Raptor it is. Yeah, so this is a third gen. They're calling it third gen because uh, they've reworked a lot of the parts on it. But it's quite similar to the second generation of the truck because it still has the aluminum body, uh, right? It still has about the same dimensions as before. Um, very similar chassis as far as the frame is concerned. But then they did a lot of work on the suspension. Uh, they kept the same engine, in fact. Basically, almost the same engine. But then the styling is new, and the shocks are new, and the interior is new. So if you're a fan of the Raptor, I'm sure you'll know this, but just for all of you out there who are you know, non-Raptor people, uh, the first gen came out, what, 2009-ish? Is that, is that right? Yeah, it was as a 2010 model, so and then, in 09. And then went to 2014, and there were basically two engine choices. We actually had the 2014 with the 6.2-liter V8. Yep. Uh, and then Ford said, uh, no V8 for you. Right, and, <laughs> and, then, and then they went like on a two-year hiatus. Yes. Right? Because the Raptor wasn't around between like 2015 and 2016. Um, and then in 2017, they launched the second generation. And no V8 for you. And twin turbo V6. Yes, twin turbo V6, the EcoBoost, uh, 450 horsepower, uh, 450 pound foot of torque, if I recall, right? 510. Oh, 510, sorry. Yeah, 510. This so, is a high output. Oh, yeah, sorry. Right. All right. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, then the world changed because uh, last the year the, the TRX came along. Uh, and now we have the third gen Raptor, which. Um, well, which has uh, the same power plant as the second gen. And if you're watching this on YouTube, 
uh, check out over Andre's shoulder. You'll see the new design of the truck. And if you want to go see it, actually, go over to tfl-studios.com where we post all of our uh, videos, podcasts, and news. And you can see Andre's video with not only the walk around, but also uh, how quick it is from zero to 60. By the way, how quick was it from zero to 60? Don't tell me. We'll tell you at the end. I'll save that. Save that. Save that for the end. So, so, so you and Ian, our one of our videographers, flew into Vegas and tell me what happened then. So this was kind of a, in the morning. Yes. And the, the way that Ford programs usually go is that they kind of throw you straight into the program, which I actually like. You know, I don't want to just fly somewhere and then, you know, go to the hotel and sit. Uh, wait for dinner. And sit for five hours. Yep. Anyway, we were thrown right into it at the MGM Grand. Wait, wait. So you were thrown into the truck or into no. the hotel? No. <laughs> <laughs> into the program. Okay. Because, the truck. Because, well, no, no. Because they, they, you know, they had a conference room at the MGM okay. Grand. And the truck was there. And also what was very cool, they also had the chassis, the naked chassis. Ah. So this was the frame. It's a rolling chassis on wheels and the suspension. So you could see all the details. And we have some video of that in our videos on TFL. So, so if you want to see a naked Raptor, <laughs> TFL After Dark. Only uh, in Vegas. <laughs> Only in Vegas. Only in Vegas. What happens in Vegas, you know, well, you know the rest. So, and they were actually, you know, they prepared this chassis with different color com- combinations. So they highlighted, like, in blue, the parts they touched, and in different colors, like yellow, the parts that were all new, right? Mm. So because the rear suspension on this new Raptor is really way different from the previous one. It must be frustrating for, like, Ford engineers when people look at this one uh, and they say, you know, it looks very similar to the old one. Uh, you guys didn't do much to it. And I'm sure they spend countless hours and nights actually, you know, f- stressing the details. And so this is a good way for them to demonstrate exactly how the chassis has changed yeah. from the previous generation. Yeah, totally. And how has it changed? So the frame rails themselves are unchanged. So if you look at the F-150, the current one, the 2021, um, the chassis is already, the frame is already really stout, right? It's fully boxed. It's giant rails. They're about, I don't know, six or eight inches, you know, tall. And so the frame is already very, very strong. So they build off of that. And then for the Raptor, what they do is because it has a wider body, right? And so they, uh, they basically re- relocate where the front shock mounts are. The shock mounts are a little bit taller than the regular F-150 because you have all this travel, about between 13 and 14 inches of front wheel travel. So in the front, they kind of reworked it not very much, uh, just reinforced certain areas because they knew this truck was going to be potentially quicker than ever before. So there were changes to the chassis. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, changes to the suspension? Let's talk about that. Yeah, so the rear, they, they threw out the leaf springs. Okay. Right, gone. Gone. And um, so they were saying with the second generation truck, they kind of reached the limits of where they wanted to be with the leaf spring. Gotcha. So they decided to move on and they said, you know, how about we go to a five link coil sprung rear axle, still a solid axle. But this setup is kind of similar as far as geometry is concerned. I mean, kind of the philosophy of it to the TRX, in fact. TRX has coil springs in the back. Yep. And of course, we have a long-term TRX in our, in our stable. So I cannot wait to get this Raptor right next to the TRX and actually compare them. Yeah, and for those of you who may be wondering, what about the V8-powered Raptor? We'll get to that. So, you know, we haven't forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so different, uh, you know, suspension in the rear. A little bit more uh, shock travel. Anything else that you saw on that naked uh, chassis that was different from the second gen? Totally, totally, I, I did. So then um, somebody in the marketing team and or engineering team said, what if we put 37s on this truck? Whoa, the, so, the Raptor, I think it was the first truck with 35s yeah, from the factory. Yeah, it was. So uh, Ford has always been kind of pushing that, you know, the boundary of, you know, the factory tire size. I'm waiting for 40s, dude. I keep going. Okay. So I'm just saying, you know it's coming. You know somebody's going to put 40s on. <laughs> so they said, well, what if? And then the engineer said, okay. So they had to change um, some of the rear section of this frame. Um, specifically, um, some of the changes were made because they had to house the 37 under a spare. So first of all, they had to figure out how to put the spare in there. And they also changed because of the leaves are gone, uh, which actually saved weight for them. Hmm. Um, saved about, uh, I think, 11 to 12 pounds overall from changing from the leaf springs to the coils. They were able to reroute the exhaust in a very clever way. Uh, and we'll talk about the exhaust later because that's also very fancy. 
Um, but they oh, talk about it now. You did a video where uh, you called it. What did you call it? You called it uh, loop de loop. Yeah, the loop de loop. Yeah. So actually, <laughs> one of the issues that the Raptor has always had when they went from the V8 to the uh, EcoBoost twin turbo V6, right, yeah. was that the sound became well. I would say uh, vacuum-like would be, you know, a, a, a fair assessment of, of, of the nature of the exhaust note. And Ford, I think, understood that. Uh, so they actually augmented the sound inside the cabin, which uh, made it sound more V8-like. But uh, people were not happy having their uh, very expensive Ford truck sound like a vacuum. Vacuum. There's this uh, TikTok I watch called Vacuum. If you guys watch it, it's hilarious. It's a dog. <laughs> He's like, beware of the vacuum. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, so uh, I think they took that as a real uh, challenge and did something about it. What did they do? Yeah, so, and they did. And so, first of all, here's the whole progression, right? So, they have the new chassis with the new coil springs rear end, and they put um, a very similar exhaust system to the second gen. So they added that in, and they actually have a picture um, that I showed in one of my videos on TFL Truck and TFL Off-Road about this. And then they ran it. And they're like, you know what? It's not good still. It's not, it's not as great as it could be. Look, it's, it's you know, I mean, V8's just natural. It's like a Harley, right? It just naturally sounds. got the heartbeat kind of, you know. And the deep tone. Tones, yeah. yeah, and V8's sound great. V6's don't sound great. Well, Straight sixes sound great. V sixes not so good. Well, the, the, they could in theory. It depends, right? But but so they said we need to do something about it. And then the engineers looked at it and they said, you know what's happening is that uh, one of the bank of the cylinders unequal, uh, is, unequal, is unequal length. Yeah, unequal exhaust length. Right. Yeah. So so you have one three three cylinder rows on one side is fighting the other. Basically, in terms of its audio. Yeah, the audio. Right. You know they're kind of fighting each other. You know they're not sounding in harmony. So they decided to do a loop-de-loop. So literally, uh, one the shorter pipe was made longer by loop, loop, looping around like a trumpet mm. around the other pipe, and then they were able to make them equal length. Did they cross them? Um, so it goes like that. So it goes through the loop-de-loop, -loop, right. and it goes into uh, what happens then. They have valves. Okay. On those so they didn't, pipes. they didn't cross them, right? They did the oh, X. They, they, they did. They did the Eventually. X pipe. Okay. So th those pipes go through the valves yeah. into the muffler. Okay. And then the muffler goes into a cross pipe. So they did do it like the yeah. X pipe. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, X pipe. And then it goes out to the rear. So it's a work of art, this thing. <laughs> it sounds amazing, Andre. It sounds like they really you know, put a lot of time and effort into getting it to sound right. And if you're curious what it sounds like, once again, TFL Dash Studios, uh, there's a video there where Andre did uh, the exhaust note. Uh, there are four, mo four the, modes. Yeah, what are the four modes, Andre? Yeah, so there is quiet. Yeah. Um, and, and these the, are the valves. These are like little butterfly valves in the exhaust that open up or close depending on. Yeah, which is like, you know, sports car like territory. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a sports car territory, basically. So there are valves that can open fully or, you know, partially. And they can vary how, you know, how they could open. Um, and so there is quiet mode. And this is the mode, uh, I think, specifically made for the driver, in fact. Because when you start up the truck, it still kind of wakes up with this kind of bark. Um, but the quiet mode basically shuts off the valves, and there's a bypass. Um, so so when, you're, when you're sneaking at home at 2 in the morning, you can... Or when you're waking up early. Yeah, you can not wake up your neighbors or your wife, depending on it, <laughs> whether it's late at night or early in the morning, or both, you know. It's yes. three, it could be both. <laughs> so, so there's kind of that mode, which is still, you know, you can tell it's a special truck. Then there is normal, so it's kind of an automatic mode, right. you know, where it's kind of for normal mode driving if you want to just go to the grocery can, can store. Can you make the sound, Andre? Can, 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 no. no. I'd love to hear it. Can you? People out there want to hear it. Can you try? You know, it sounds like some people said it sounds like a VQ series Nissan V6. Okay. So um, if you can imagine that, I, I don't think I can reproduce it with, with my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I'm not that talented. Um, and then there is sport. So the sport mode is, you know, for they have a sport calibration for the engine and the transmission, and the, and the, and the exhaust goes in the same mode. Basically, more free flowing. The butterflies open, boom, you get all of this. And then Baja, and uh, and then Baja is just full on the loudest. Um, baffles open. Baffles open. Everything free flowing. Yeah, and full on. So I talked to the engineer and I said, "Well, what if I'm in quiet mode and I need to make a getaway?" 
what what happens because there's some restriction there. Yeah, right? does it does it does the it affect the horse? Does it affect the horsepower? I guess yeah, that's is what, what you're asking. That's yeah. what I was asking. I was like, what if I'm in quiet mode? I forgot I was in quiet mode, but I need to make a quick getaway from something. Uh, he said, if you give it a hundred percent throttle, it opens up the valves. It opens up the valves because oh. you need free flowing exhaust. And then you asked me about augmentation, right? Yeah, is it augmented? Are they still piping it in through the stereo? The answer is yes. Ugh. The answer is yes. Oh, I hate and, that, dude. And, but 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 wait, wait, wait. They have four exhaust modes. Yeah. And they have four augmentation modes, so it's actually different. So in the Baja mode, it's not augmented the same as much. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm just so bummed out about that. <laughs> you know, like I, I remember when like uh, you know an, an engine sounded what an engine sounded like, and then BMW came along. And they would do this pipe that was actually because the engine sounded so melodious, right? BMW like pioneered the straight six, which is one of the best and smoothest engine configurations there is. So they actually created a pipe where you would take the engine note from the engine and feed it into the cabin. The real note, just like amplifying yeah, it, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden BMW said, you know, like with the i8, uh, forget that. We're just going to we'll fake speakers. it. Yeah, we're going to fake it. And now Audi, of course, said, forget the exhaust. We'll just completely fake those as well. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like the stuff, you know. Uh, it's real. Yeah, the, it's what 12-year-olds love about cars and what gets us into this, like, passionate moment of loving cars and trucks, they're completely doing away with, uh, you know. And I think a lot of people are already struggling with electric vehicles because they are obviously quiet. And it doesn't help that the manufacturers are kind of like driving, you know, more nails in the coffin by faking the engine note or by completely getting or hiding the exhaust pipes and faking them completely, like absolutely faking them. So, but I think what's happening here, and, and I'm not trying to defend Ford or defend BMW or anybody, um, they went to the nth degree uh, with this because uh, I was talking to one of the engineers, Carl. Yeah. Um, he's actually a head, head, the head of, the, of this program for the Raptor. And uh, he was saying that the engineers, because there's four different modes, and they said, you know, there's some natural imperfections in the sound that's coming, so they're trying to smooth it out. So, so but why, why, why? So okay, they did. So I they, get, they smoothed I, it out. I get that. Okay, I completely get that. It makes sense. What I don't get is, look, if you buy a Mach-E, right, why don't you use that same technology and like pipe in the exhaust note of a oh, Shelby GT500? <laughs> I would I would pay yes, for that. I think yes. that is cool. Yes. You know why are they using it to to like camouflage real exhaust note, but not actually enhance someplace where you know there is an exhaust note? I think they should. It'd be, it, totally you know, should. It'd be like it'd be like doing penis reduction surgery, right? Right? It makes no sense. I mean, nobody wants that, and yet somehow the manufacturers have decided. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, guys. People want louder, bigger, you know, cooler, not smaller, more diminutive, and less real. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, it's true. So that's the tech it has. Yeah. That's the tech it has. On the outside, um, you heard me launch it in the dunes, right? I did. So, so outside, if you're just a bystander, let's say a Ford Raptor, this new one, pulls up to you and then it accelerates away from you, it's, 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 it sounds different from the second gen. It sounds louder. It sounds more macho. Some of you guys have emailed us and you said some people confused it for a V8. You know, it sounds kind of that loud that people were confusing it. They thought it was actually a V8 outside. By the way, has there ever been any human being who, who has said to a doctor, my ding-dong is too big and I need it? Please reduce yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think that's ever happened. If, if it happens, if it has happened to you, please email us. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think so. So so, <laughs> so ne next time you guys, engineers, are sitting, you know, in your in your either uh, FaceTime or if you're... Your cubicles. Uh, if, if you're actually in the building together... <laughs> Uh, and you're thinking about, like, you know, what do we do? With it? Don't fake it, but actually fake it in the electric vehicles. All right. So now, now you saw the vehicle in its... In the chassis. In the chassis. Then what happened? And then they said, the Raptors are outside. Go at it. They didn't say lunch is served? Or yes, dinner? there was lunch. Was it a good lunch? Uh, yeah, it was like a buffet style. Oh, nice. You know, we were very careful <laughs> wearing masks until we actually picked up a fork and actually put food in our mouths. I, I got to say, that's always my favorite part of these programs. <laughs> I hate to admit it. <laughs> well, first, you, you go in there and you sign off the COVID form, right? right yeah. You know, I was vaccinated, right. uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so we had lunch. Um, and then uh, they said, so it's, it's now noon. Yeah. Uh, please be at dinner at six. 
Oh, so they and just the dinner at six was at Par- in Parump, Nevada. Yeah, which Parump. is about a, a, an hour away. Yeah, it's up the mountain, basically. Yeah, yeah. it's west. It's basically kind of west. It's kind of west. Yeah, it's where you know. It's, it, I think its claim to fame is at Bunny Ranch, where legalized prostitution is. I don't think that's why Ford chose it. You don't think that's why they chose it? No, no. It. I don't think they, that's. But why that's they how chose. I think many people know it. There's also a new HBO documentary about local news that takes place in Pahrump, which is also. In, I love the name Pahrump. You, you can't. It's like no. it's like duck. It's funny. Just Pahrump is funny. Yeah, where do you live? I live in Pahrump, Nevada. Maybe the other way people know it is there's a racetrack there. Uh, Spring Mountain. Spring Mountain, yeah. which is you know, um, uh, really well known for its Corvettes because uh, there's like a Corv- and Chevy. There's a Chevy performance. There's a Chevy there's performance there's, center there where you can yeah. where you can actually go and uh, drive Camaros, Corvettes uh, around the track. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so you went to you drove to Pahrump. Yeah, but but uh, I I had five hours to do it, so I was really happy because Ford actually gave us the time. That's great. To go to, an to, hour an hour away, but they gave us time to make a video. So, so that allowed us to make several videos, right? Nice. So that allowed me to do a, a um, exhaust system video for you guys. That also allowed me to do some zero to sixties. Uh, we picked. Uh, in, by the way, Parump is in the middle of nowhere, basically. Uh, it's in the middle of the desert. You know so. what's the coolest thing about Pahrump, besides what? the racetrack? Uh, you can actually go to the gas station there, and they have race fuel. I love oh, the fact oh, that you can just oh, yes. go. I think there's a shell. Yeah, they have yeah. race fuel at the shell, which is pretty badass. Which I did not use during this program. Yeah, I would Maybe I should have. I shouldn't. Hey, uh, I think this may be a good time uh, to uh, interject with a little interview I did this week with the CEO of Ram. Yeah, because we're talking about competitors to Raptors, right? Right, yeah. And, uh, and, before, and before we get to day two, where we actually took it into the sand dunes. Uh, so uh, I had a chance to speak uh, with Mike, uh, who is now running the brand. And uh, they're justifiably very proud of the fact that in the latest uh, J.D. Powers and Associates initial quality survey, they're ranked number one. Okay, that is surprising because isn't hasn't Lexus like one? Many many years. In the yeah, world. they went from number three to number one, and so you know th- that that is a giant feather in their cap. So I, of course I talked to him about that, uh, and then I also had a chance to speak to him about you know the chip shortage because well that's affecting that it hurts. hurts everybody. And then I also asked him you know what's going to happen in the future, and that was probably the most interesting part of the interview where he talks about how people are going to be buying vehicles. You know whether you're going to go to the lot and you're going to have like 500 trucks to choose from. Anyway, I, 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 let's just cut to the chase and uh, uh, here let's just roll my interview right now. Hey, Mike, uh, congratulations uh, on uh, J.D. Powers. So you guys uh, are number one now. Tell me about that. Yeah, fantastic news, uh, not only for the Ram brand overall, but but frankly for our company more broadly. Uh, the fact that Ram is the number one brand in new quality is remarkable. And, and in our view, uh, these results, to be honest, reinforce our focus to build trucks. Our customers will be proud to drive, and most importantly, recommend to their friends but but i would tell you that honestly this is not a fluke this is a meteoric rise in quality performance over the past two years and you may recall um, ram has risen 20 places 20 since 2019 we were 21st in 19 third last year and first in 2021 yeah, that's uh, that's pretty uh, amazing, and you know our personal experience has been uh, actually just that. You know, we purchased a long-term Ram TRX at the end of last year, and we've had it now for a long-term review for what is it now? Nine months, right? Almost this is September, and we have had exactly zero issues with it. I mean, nothing. You know, outside of regularly scheduled maintenance, uh, everything has been rock solid, and and I think that's even more incredible because I, I would guess that ours is one of the first ones that you guys built, right? So usually when you build the first ones, there's a little bit of, you know, time to get everything dialed in right. But this truck has been rock solid. Yeah, and, and these results show a clear trend in improvement in RAM quality. And that's that's really an important point. This is not just a point in time, but a trend. And frankly, and, and to be honest, th- this, is, this is a huge win for our brand. And we know that historically, uh, we've been considered by some to be a risky purchase. But this designation, this award, there should be no more question. And uh, and frankly, this is a tribute to the efforts of our entire workforce, uh, for, from from the addition, uh, from the initial product design office to our engineers, uh, all the way to what I would say is the clear discipline on the plant floor. It, it's been a, a remarkable 
trend for the brand. Yeah, Mike, I mean, this doesn't happen you know, overnight, and it doesn't happen without planning. So kind of walk me through how, how you guys approached uh, you know, getting the vehicles up to this level. What, what was the plan internally? Yeah, so I, what I would say is the, our progression over the last few years it is not transformative or transformational. It's, it's what I would call an evolution of, of improvement. And what I mean by that, it's it's making it a priority. It's a commitment to customer satisfaction. It's having a mindset to continuously improve. And for sure, we have made this a focus. And uh, I would tell you, our, our, our processes have become far more robust than they used to have been or that they were in the past. But, but let me just say, one good thing about having these checkpoints from time to time is, look, you, you receive a lot of good news and feedback on things going well. But I would submit to you, and I think most importantly, you gain insight into where maybe you still have opportunity to improve. And for sure, we have opportunity to improve. But it's those area of weaknesses where RAM and Stellantis are large focus, attack weakness. So again, it's it's the commitment to customer satisfaction. And frankly, it's, just, it's making it a priority. And, and listen, I would say, this is a massively, massively significant award for the Ram brand, and it's one where I think consumers will really tr- truly pay attention to. And, and again, as I mentioned earlier, it's proof, I think, that our commitment to building high-quality, reliable, and durable trucks and vans is coming through. Now, I'm sure you know this, you've been in the business long enough, but you know, a brand's reputation is kind of like turning a super tanker around, right? Uh, long after you make the turn with the rudder, does the public actually figure out that that turn's been made? So how, how are you getting the word out about this? What's the plan? Yeah, so we have a, uh, in conjunction with our marketing and communications team, uh, we have a full 360 degree plan ready to go. Uh, obviously, this is just one uh, very important building block in the foundation that my view as the head of the brand is, look, we are a scrappy truck brand and, and we're agile, but it is time for us to progress from one of being a challenger to one of being a leader. And an award like this is an important brick within that foundation. But you will begin to see in the coming days and weeks how we will leverage this particular uh, development, this award, along with so many others, Motor Trend 3P, Motor Trend Truck of the Year, for example, uh, Luxury Car of the Year, and so on and so forth. We will leverage these smartly in all of our marketing and communications going forward to get the word out uh, more broadly. But then it comes down to face-to-face and experiential activities as well. We want to be out in the marketplace, and I know it's tough with with COVID and everything. Shows are getting canceled, rodeos, and so on and so forth. But everywhere where we can be, we will be with our trucks and vans to connect with our customers. And if you haven't taken a test drive with Ram before, this is your invitation to do so now. Okay, and uh, let me ask you this: How has uh, you know this is an important award, but at the same time, we're in a really weird world right now, right? I just drove by the local Jeep dealership and there's a handful of uh, the new Jeep Grand Cherokees out there. Uh, how, how has the chip shortage affected you? Where, where, where are you guys at in terms of you know being able to build trucks? Yeah, o- overall, uh, firstly, let me just say that we are, we are very competitive with our overall inventory levels. Sure, week to week, month to month, up here, down there a little bit, but overall, we're in very, very good shape. And for sure, we're not immune to, uh, uh, to the impacts of the global shortfall. It, it's been very disruptive. But what I would tell you is, and, and we do, we continue to work with our suppliers. I mean, it's an around-the-clock thing to, to mitigate the impact. But what I'll say about, about, about RAM and about Stellantis and Large, and look, I, gotta have, I have to give a lot of credit to our purchasing teams and our supply chain teams, but we pride ourselves and are committed to what I like to call speed of issue identification and speed of issue resolution. It's about speed, and it's about keeping the customer first in mind. When these disruptions happen, uh, we aren't making short-term decisions just for the benefit of getting one more car out of, of the plant, for example. It's about keeping the customer in mind and, and making the right decisions for the long term. But for sure, it's been disruptive and, and we're working through it. And uh, I think we've done a, uh, a really good job uh, protecting uh, RAM volume. Yeah, when do you think we'll see, you know, will we see normalcy? You know, is, are we looking at six months? Are we looking at a year? Are we looking at multiple years? What's your best guess? 
Yeah, you know, I, I would love to say I think the, the worst is behind us, but every time I say that, uh, another curveball is thrown our, our way. Uh, look, it's I don't think anybody has a crystal ball. Uh, I, I think we're going to be in this thing for a while. My hope is that it stabilizes uh, to some extent and we gain better transparency into the supply chain because this isn't just a tier one. It, it, it's all, it, it goes deep into the supply chain. Uh, there are some struggles with getting uh, gaining transparency all the way down. So, look, I, I think it's going to be with us for a while. Um, the forecast is that it stabilizes a little bit. But within that here at, uh, at, at RAM, uh, the team, again, supply chain purchasing, doing a fantastic job uh, protecting our volume. Yeah, and the one other thing that's happened in the industry recently, of course, is you know if you've got limited amount of trucks you can build, then obviously you build the more expensive ones, right? Because there's more profit in that. Uh, and uh, is that something you think will continue? And it's kind of changing the way that people are buying vehicles now. It used to be, you know, that you'd go to a lot and you would see uh, there's the dealership we work with is Johnson, and they would have you know, a couple hundred, if not more, Rams on their lot. Uh, but now people are ordering, you know, trucks a lot more. So it's it's kind of changing the way that people are buying vehicles. Do you, do you see this as a permanent change or do you think this is something that's only temporary? Uh, well, the great question. I, you look, from my perspective as head of the brand, I have no intention of going back to the old days where we had bloated inventories and we had to rely on um, steep discounts for aged inventory or anything like that there's something to be said for keeping our days of supply running lean we obviously still need to ensure the proper levels of competitive inventory because we know selection is important and obviously we want our our customers to be able to come into our lots and view our selection uh so but i would tell you that um I, I think it's I, I think it's important, and we've learned a lot during these times. So I don't have necessarily any intention of going back where we're carrying uh, inflated days of supply, 90, 100, whatever the case may be. There's something to be said for this. Our dealers are turning inventory at record rates, doing a fantastic job selling off of the transport trucks and off off their uh, inbound inventory tapes, and uh, so. Look, we're, we're, we're watching this closely, uh, making sure that we maintain a competitive level of inventory, which we are, but I have no uh, intention of going back to uh, to the old days, and I think it's for sure going to change the way we look at our business going forward. Yeah, and then uh, one last question. I, I promise to only take a few minutes of your time, but as you know, uh, off-roading and kind of uh, Baja-style trucks have become the hot thing recently. I just got back from the Overland Expo, and right now with the TRX, you guys definitely have the king of trucks. Uh, do you see that trend continuing? Do you think that we're going to continue to see a lot more kind of, kind of let's call them lifestyle off-roady vehicles versus work trucks or versus more luxurious trucks? Where do you see that kind of product mix going in the future? Yeah, for sure. And, and obviously, I, I disclose for competitive reasons everything that the Ram brand is, is looking at. But there's no question. In the, in the 2022, Ram TRX is the quickest, fastest, and most powerful production truck in the world. As you know, it's 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds, quarter mile in 12.9 at 108 miles per hour. And it has a top speed of 118 miles an hour. I absolutely believe that there is room in our portfolio. And by the way, TRX is selling very, very well. Uh, but uh, but we at random are blending, in my view, uh, the best of both worlds. We can produce a competitive, more than competitive, off-road racing icon like the TRX and have that sitting on the lot right next to the most luxurious light-duty pickup truck in its class, which is our limited or longhorn editions with more real wood and leather than anybody else. So the two can absolutely coexist. I absolutely see a future for it. And, uh, and we will continue to look for every opportunity to um, find ways to connect with our with our consumers. Now, you recently had a Stellantis kind of electrification day. Uh, where do you see electrification fitting into the Ram brand? Yeah, I, I think that um, certainly it's a natural extension. I mean, that's, that's where the market is going. Now, let me be clear. We have no intention, at least in the short term, abandoning uh, uh, our base. And, 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 and I want to remain core and true to who we are as a brand. But for sure, I see value in electrification. And as you heard me say back on uh, July 8th, we will deliver a segment redefining Ram 1500 battery electric vehicle in 2024. But let me make a couple things clear. Um, we absolutely want to keep the customer first. And I want you to know that our technology, and I'm, I'm, 
I, I have my hand in this, I'm, I'm on it. Our technology will absolutely alleviate any customer concerns. It will approve the product and deliver on real world demands. What I mean by that is, and what research is beginning to show us is that truck buyers are becoming slowly, for sure, more open-minded to heavy electrification, but they're not willing to sacrifice performance and capability. And we know our customers tow and haul or have aspirations to do so. And I, we believe when we come to market with our suite of solutions, they will be better than the competition. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was just talking with Tommy, my son, about electrification in trucks. And it's kind of like motorcycles, right? The, the benefits of electrification in a motorcycle don't uh, provide the same level of uh, benefit as like in a car, right? Because the thing doesn't use a lot of gas. People love motorcycles for what they're designed like. So putting a big battery in the middle of one instead of a motor or an engine is kind of ugly. Uh, and in trucks, in some ways, it's the same way because obviously there are certain limitations when it comes to batteries and towing. We just did a towing test on a Volkswagen and it cut the... Uh, Oh, gosh, you cut the towing range by about uh, two-thirds. So, you know, if you've got 300 miles of range when you're towing, and this is a light load, you're down to 100 miles. Uh, it also, you know, doesn't we, – we took the 4 by e off-road, uh, and we got three-and-a-half miles of all-electric range. And these are, these are realistic uh, problems that, that, you know, are easily solved by combustion engines but not so easily solved by electric motors. So is this something you're taking, you know, keeping in mind when developing your electrified vehicles? Absolutely, and I would tell you, as the only dedicated truck and van brand, Ram's foundation is strong from which to build off of and to approach these issues heads on. And look, we know that one size does not fit all in terms of addressing our customer needs. So for sure, to your point, we are listening, we are understanding, and we will deliver what I would call tailor-made solutions because we know electrification can't limit choice of solution. So we will have multiple options for our customers that, again, better than anybody else will alleviate the concerns that you just outlined. Well, congratulations again on the award. Um, like I said, you know, with our experience with our TRX, it's been bulletproof. Uh, and uh, thank you for taking the time to talk with me. And, and I won't ask about future product, but if the Ford Raptor comes out with an arm form, I'm expecting a red-eye TRX. Just giving you a heads up on that okay mike i thank you for the heads up <laughs> i'm smiling anyway thank you very much for your time and uh yeah uh really appreciate the chance to chat yeah me too thanks a lot okay. have a great day you too bye mike so interesting huh andre yeah so i i, I, I didn't i didn't ask him about the ram uh red eye yeah because i know he wouldn't answer so i just suggested it to him I, I don't think he liked me suggesting that there should be a red eye so so here's the thing guys uh when i went into this raptor program I, that question was always on my mind well, yeah right is this is this how does it going to compare to the trx yes and that's an obvious question trx is a power monster right uh, the supercharged v8 with 702 horsepower horsepower this is 450. yeah right so it's a different story um, so I think you have to look at these two trucks, and then when, when the Raptor R comes, what will Ram respond with? Yeah, so, so before we get to the R, let me just uh, kind of address an elephant in the room from the interview. A lot of people online, the first comment is J.D. Powers is not, it's paid, paid and bought for. And, and, and I, I think I know this, uh, and I think I'm saying this right. So the way that J.D. Powers works is that they actually do a survey, they call owners, and they ask them about the issues, and then you know they compile their list, and then they go and they publish that list, and then if you want to like use that list in your advertising and the branding, in the branding, then you got to pay JD Powers like for the licensing fee to use their logo, uh, and so that's how that works. But I think online that has become it's just bought and paid for. That the survey is not valid because the manufacturers pay for it to get the results they want. That's not what happens, but I can see how that confusion would be out there. So I did want to address that. So the other issue we need to address, and you're right about this, is the issue with the Raptor and the Raptor R. So officially, is there even, you know, according to Ford, is there a Raptor R? Yes. So they, they did one teaser image, okay. which is kind of a, a drone shot of a desert, and you can see like a little ant of a truck, and it draws an R in the sand. So the, so the Raptor R is supposedly the Uber Raptor. In other words, it's a Raptor with the Shelby, we just talked about it, the GT500's V8. 
Well, we don't know. Uh, super, exactly. We don't know, but we're we, guessing. We, we, we it's, it's, it's the supercharged V8 out of the Shelby that produces, what, 700 and I forget now, 50, 60 horsepower, something like it that? Could. It, it could. It could, potentially, yeah. in the Shelby. Uh, and, and, of course, the rumor is that that's going to go into the Raptor, and that's going to be the TRX competitor. Yeah, that's the rumor, but, but Ford hasn't confirmed this. Right. They didn't say, you know, we're going to put a Godzilla engine in there, supercharge it, we're going to put this Shelby engine in there, so, so, or, so, or, or something else. So when I was talking to Mike, right, the suggestion I made, which I, I don't think he appreciated, sorry, Mike, <laughs> but I knew you weren't going to answer. The, if I had asked him, is there a TRX demon, a, a demon or a red eye coming, yeah. he would have said we don't discuss future products, or he would have, you know, something of that similar. And I, I respect that. So I suggested they do that. But I, I can see this, this road and where it's going from past experience, right? So if Ford or when Ford actually unveils the R, uh, then you could see that, that, of course, there are other variations of the Hellcat power plant, which are more powerful, specifically the Demon, the Red Eye, mm -hmm. you know, 750, 840 horsepower. So you, you could see kind of that escalation of the horsepower wars. And I think that's a great thing. You know, I think, I think uh, that's wonderful. Um, and obviously, uh, it's something that in some ways is going to have to happen because with electric trucks, you're easily getting 1,000 horsepower, easily. Yeah, to to totally. Well, not easily, like the, but, like, but the, like the Hummer. Yeah, like the Hummer, yeah. a thousand horsepower. So, yeah. so all of a sudden, seven hundred and two doesn't seem all that much it's crazy. when you've got a you know Hummer H uh, electric truck. Electric truck, yeah, the EV with a thousand horsepower. Yeah, totally. All right, so so that's the whole goal. That's the whole you know Raptor R right now. We don't know anything else about it. Well, I haven't seen it. I haven't. Uh, we haven't we, seen. We it. didn't show. They didn't show it to us at this program. Did they talk about it? No. Did they, did they, was, was the word, the letter R even mentioned? <laughs> no. no. No, nobody mentioned R. There was some, you know, a lot of, well, so one good thing is at dinner, they actually introduced every member of the Raptor team by name, yeah. which I really appreciate because there, there were engineers there who test prototypes. You know, sometimes we catch them testing in the mountains, and those guys were there, and, they, you know, uh, one of them came up to me and they said, why are you guys photographing us all the time, uh, <laughs> catching us? I'm like, because people want to know. Yeah. People want to know about the new Raptor. It's our job? It's our job. And what was, he, what was his response or her response to that? Well, his re well, their response is that, you know, they're watching us closely. That's what they said. <laughs> oh, and, God, and, that's, that's and, I, I don't and, know if that's good, bad, or creepy, or and, all three. Well, I... I, I you mean they're watching, a, they're watching our videos? Is that yes, okay. I took it as a compliment because they said, you know, we're watching what you publish. They must hate us. And a little bit. Yeah. Not, not yeah. I'm sorry, Ford. We're not just picking you, anybody up there testing we're going to try to go after. We're not singling out Ford. No, no, no. No. Uh, we, we, how many videos do, have we done about the Tundra? As probably, probably 10. Yeah, same thing, exactly. So, so anyway, so I, I took it as a compliment because they said, you know, we're watching what you're publishing closely. And I said, well, I'm watching you closely, too. So we're, we're both... <laughs> hey, Andre, are you doing this? I'm doing the little two fingers with the yes. eyes. Yeah, I'm yes, watching I'm you. watching you and you're watching me. <laughs> so... <laughs> So you, you know, it's funny. Um, can I can I do a little? This isn't even a rant. How about let's not call it a Roman rant. Let's call let's call it a little uh, foreshadowing. Let's call it Roman foreshadowing. Okay. So a lot of what Tesla does or has done in the past has become kind of the way that the rest of the automotive world is training, transferring to or shifting to. Okay. Right. So I'll give you a couple examples. So Tesla was the first to do over-the-air updates, and now all the manufacturers are doing over-the-air, which is a great thing. In fact, the Raptor does it. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tesla, you know, is one of the first to uh, do online ordering, where you can go and configure your vehicle and... And also make deposits, right? And make deposits. Yeah. Now the manufacturers are going to that, right? They're yeah. going away from kind of going to the dealer, but actually ordering it. Uh, Tesla was the first to have a real app that lets you look and control your car, right? Same thing. Now the Raptor has it. Now, now the Raptor has it. So I'm saying, in a lot of ways, Tesla is leading the, the, the field. One of the things that Tesla does is they really don't do, like, camouflage cars. They do some camouflage cars, but for the most part, they kind of they kind of telegraph what's coming, they show it, and then they develop it. Instead of, like, you know, hiding the fact that there's a Golf R and then, like, springing it onto people. Yeah. So we know, for instance, that they're long before, you know, that uh, the, the truck was developed, <laughs> that there was a Cybertruck. Right, that mm -hmm. cyber that, that cyber truck we saw was 
was there was it was never running around like being tested and then it was unveiled. It was just like put no, together. It was unveiled and then it was running around. And then now they're actually building it and trying to figure out how to engineer it. And same, it's delayed. It's delayed. <laughs> same, same thing with the Roadster, right? Yes. So they, they the amazing sp- new Roadster. They sprung the Roadster out there and then now you know we're waiting for it and you know they, they basically use their prototype concepts as. Um, excitement builders. Yeah, as excitement. And, and then then there's no, like, camouflaging them because they're already out there. There's no need to hide the truck. People know what it looks like. So I suspect at some point that, that we may be going away from these days where, you know, all these concepts are being camouflaged and hidden. And I, I know that the other problem here is, of course, and Tesla gets a lot of grief for this, and they, they should. You know, they're using their customers as beta testers. Which is not right. Right. So what, what they're basically saying is the, v- the vehicle that we're selling you is a beta version and you get to be the guinea pig. Uh, and people have, uh, you know, had accidents so, because of like, uh, you know, autopilot. So it only works to the, to the enthusiast. Let's say if, let's say if you bought a beta uh, vehicle from Tesla, you are in it. You, you want to know every bit of the, every detail of that car and how it works. And you're into it and you know the intricacies of that. But let's say my mom buys a Tesla. She, she needs to get from A to B. You know, that she, they should not be able to sell a beta car to her. Yeah, that, that's, that, you, you put it well in a nutshell. But anyway, you know, the reason that like, the manufacturers don't do beta cars is because they spend a lot of time testing them, running them up and down a mountain, running them through the desert, running them. And speaking of running them through the desert, tell me about what you did on day two. Yeah, so. How was that for transition? That's a wonderful segue. You got up like at four in the morning, didn't you? Well, so we get to Pahrump, and so zero to 60 I did. Should I talk about zero to 60? No, let them watch the video. Okay. Uh, watch TFL Truck. So I did several zero to 60s. It's surprising, actually. Yeah, it is I, I can give you a hint. It's not 4.5, which is what the TRX does. No. And it's not 4 or 3.5. It goes the other way. Yeah, it's, it's slower. Um, there's a few elements that combine for that. You can watch that. Uh, so we finished dinner. It was it was great uh, in Parump, and then they said we will see you in the lobby at four a.m. And I said, "Who?" Um, anyway, I, I I was kind of prepared. <laughs> what you did the Scooby Doo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Oof>. Scooby treat. <laughs> uh, I said fine. So everybody said fine. You so Scooby Doo them. <laughs> yeah. So everybody went to bed really early because we were all worried about you know getting up at four a.m. But we did, and everybody was excited because it's the new Raptor. And uh, so what, what we did after that, we drove from, uh, at 4 in the morning, we drove from Parump uh, to Dumont Dunes, which is another hour, hour and a half uh, into California. So you have to cross the border, um, and then it's in eastern California. I've never been there, dude. It's gorgeous. And speaking of uh, driving there, is it a comfortable road trip vehicle? Yeah, totally. So uh, you know how the original first-gen Raptor was kind of marshmallowy. And I love that of, ride. Yeah, yeah like a soft. '70s Cadillac. Yeah, and then they went to the second gen, and it was a little stiffer, like right? a sports car. Yeah, and then they went to the two and a half. Remember the, um, yeah. the Life Shocks? Yeah, the, and they, they made it even more kind of. Yeah, they made tough. it stiffer. They made it a little bit more like sports car, like the the, the Fox Live Shock Live Valve. So I think this one kind of takes it back. Make it so, so so when you're in Baja mode, when, when you're in some of those... It's Fox Shocks again, right? It's Active. still Fox Shocks, yes. Active. But they're now 3.1s. So they went from... Th- and, and this is referring to the diameter of the shock itself. So if you look at the outer body of the shock, the 3.0 inch, it's in inches. Uh, now it's a 3, 3.1. So they're increasing the size of these shocks, um, increasing the size of the springs. And I think... and. So, and the rear end just feels like, it feels like, you know, sometimes in the truck, other trucks, you go over a bump and the front end and the rear end don't agree. It's such a long wheelbase. Yeah, because the front is independent usually and it does its thing. And then the rear axle hops, just mm-hmm. goes boom, boom. This doesn't do that, uh, or at least to the same extent. It's really nice and comfy. I think they kind of tuned it. There's more kind of range in the suspension. So it can be soft if you want. And it's very comfortable, too. And the interior is really soft. Yeah, tell me about the interior. I yeah. mean, you, you just bought the new uh, F-150 Power Boost. The hybrid. The hybrid. Uh, and it's got the new interior. So did Ford carry over the interior from the current truck into the new Raptor? 
Yes, but you have to remember, my truck is an XL. Yeah, yours is a base uh, model. My, my truck has the cheapest materials, so, so does, cloth seats. Does it have like... But the, it's the same design. Does it have, for instance, that shifter that like lays down so it, that you can yeah. you know, open up the laptop it, on top of it? Exactly. It oh, that's cool. That. So if you go to the F-150 like King Ranch yeah. or Platinum or a Limited, so the nicest F-150, Basically, the Raptor has that nice interior, except unique, because the seats are unique, uh, a little bit more bolstering on the seats. Do they do the Recaro still? Yeah, it's an option. Okay. So they have three different uh, seats options, actually, So which is a lot. And three different like trim levels of the Raptor, so you can get kind of a more basic interior, which starts, by the way, the Raptor starts at 65,000 now. Well, can you get up to 100K? No. no. So I tried, I, I built one online, and I got it up to 84. That's, yeah. Well. So... I mean, a TRX starts at TRX, what, like 70? 72. Yeah, and goes up to, well, up to 100. <laughs> yeah, so, so in a way, the Raptor is like about six to seven grand be below where the TRX starts. But the interior impressed me. Not that I was surprised. I wasn't surprised by the interior because I knew Th the it, layout. Does it have those lay down seats where you can sleep in it? Oh, I didn't try that. Hmm. Well, if it's the Recaros, it's probably... The Recaros are different. I'm probably uh, going to do that, The standard yeah. seats might do that, but every Raptor comes with full digital cluster, gauge cluster, um, and also the 12-inch, the which, giant 12-inch. Which display. version of Sync is it? It's the 4. It's the latest. Uh, it's the 4. Which no, is 5 is the latest in the Mach-E. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, there's a so, new one in the Mach-E, which is really good, actually. So... I, I'm, I'm not in love with 4. I think it's okay, uh, but 5 is so much better. I think it's five. I, I'm just guessing it's like the latest version because when we had the Mach-E, I was really impressed by it's how intuitive different. it, it feels was. Different. Yeah, it's yeah. colorful. And, I mean, the, the thing about like Sync 4 and 1 and 2 and 3 is they're all like blue and white. Well, that's the fourth color. I know, but I mean, <laughs> I get that. I guess if you're like an avant-garde artist and I only paint in blue and white, there's some guy in like, I want to say Spain who does that. Uh, but why not use the full spectrum of colors? I like color. By the way, uh, this kind of new orange color is called Code Orange. Oh. And I, it looks really good in person. Uh, in some of the images, it looks reddish. It's not red. It's really true orange. When is it uh, available? When can you go buy one? Now. Oh, they're out there. So Maybe. Well, uh, I'm waving my Jedi hand <laughs> okay. because the chip shortage. <laughs> yes, right? I know. But um, uh, actually, people have actually seen them at dealers right now. And so a couple of them uh, or several of them have already been delivered. So you, technically, you could potentially buy one right now. Where were we? You, oh, 4 a.m. Yeah, you, no, forget the 4 a.m. <laughs> now, just, let's just fast forward to the dunes. Yeah. I get you were grumpy and sleepy. I would be that way at least. So did you get to jump it? Yes, I did. Tell me, how does uh, it jump? So very cushy and nice because we were jumping in sand. Yeah. On, on actual dunes. Remember when we did the 2019 Raptor, you and I? We jumped on that course in uh, Utah. It yeah. wasn't really on sand. It was a Ford Performance uh, School, place. Yeah. So it was more of a racetrack than a... Yeah, it was prepared clay. Right, it yeah. was like clay. So this was way softer than this because we actually jump. It's like jumping into a pillow. Um, I don't know if Ford did that on purpose, but, but the dunes, um, there were actually many different terrains. There was soft sand, so we aired down to about 15 PSI. In the tires, the Raptor has beadlock capability. Uh, you know what happened? What? Actually, um, a couple of guys, journalists, and I will not name names. Rolled them. They um, rolled the bead off of the wheel. Oh, they didn't roll the truck, but they rolled the bead. No, so, so a couple of guys at least rolled um, a bead. Lost, lost their tires in the dunes. Yeah. So, so the reason they're beadlock capable is because it's illegal to drive beadlocks on the road because. If you're taking a corner really quickly, you want the bead to roll and not the vehicle to roll, which is exactly what happened. Yes, uh, but but it's there. So if you're using the truck always you can, you off can, road, you can, you can change that. You that, could change it. Yeah, right. It's not easy to do. No, yeah. Um, but anyway, so they have different terrains. They had little mogul field uh, that kind of showed the suspension capability of this truck, and I th I think yeah, I mean they did their job. Oh, and I drove the 37s. Yeah, how were in those? The dunes. In the dunes, I drove the Raptor on 37s, and at first, going into it, I thought it's going to be slow, heavy, it wouldn't turn as good, right? Right. And I was wrong. It, it felt almost the same as a truck on 35s, because the truck on 37s um, has different shocks, in fact, so slightly different shock size and different tuning. It doesn't weigh that much more. It only weighs about 30 to 40 pounds I mean, more. you don't want a lot of unsprung weight. Yeah. Uh, but the tires are bigger, 
and the, you know what it feels like? It like feels like you're the king of the road. I would say, like from an off-road perspective, bigger wheels and tires are always better. Always you have clearance. Yeah, you have more clearance. Yeah. You, you have a softer ride. You just have more capability. Yeah. Now, uh, from an on-road perspective, uh, like well, you're the, losing fuel efficiency. Yeah, and much <laughs> they're, they're thirstier. You're losing road feel. Yeah, you're like riding on balloons. <laughs> So and you're making a lot of noise. And the other thing that was those, those tires, are, those ATs are pretty loud. Yeah, and it's, uh, the other thing was interesting. I was talking to the guys at BF Goodrich, uh -huh. right? Because these are KO2s. Yeah. Uh, both 37 is a KO2 and the 35 is a KO2. Is it 37 an option or is that just? It's an option. Oh, it's an option. It's okay. a very expensive option. How much? So they say technically it's a $7,500 option because you get different shocks wheels and tires wow um different <laughs> so wait frame. so you said it starts at how much 65 so if you want the bigger wheels it's 72 five yeah but but there's more to that okay there's intricacy because i'm not you, saying it's wrong i'm just saying it, that. It, it's more than that because when you click that button mm -hmm. i want 37s yeah they also currently make you buy the premium Luxury package. Oh, so it's one of those so, deals. Gotcha. So it becomes it's becomes a it's becomes a combined package. It's, it's like they know that that's what people want, so they're going to get you to go up to the higher levels of. So it becomes almost eighty grand, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, um, you know, to 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 upgrade to thirty sevens, how much are they? Probably three hundred and fifty, three hundred fifty a tire. So Probably. multiply that by four, and then you get some bigger wheels. Let's say those are between two and five hundred, depending how crazy you go. It's going to be a lot less than seventy five hundred. It is, but but I mean, it's all tested, and the truck is built. Sure, it's and it's like, and it's done, and, and it's done, and it's warranted, and, and you know all that stuff. It's not like you bought a Raptor and you took it to the corner store, right? And you you know you put some big tires. And by the way, I'm two to five hundred per wheel. So yes, two fifty to three fifty per tire. Yeah. Do the math. Anyway, so it is expensive, but if you want to be uh, the first factory truck on 37s, you will have to pay. Um, it was very comfortable. It was pr still fairly nimble, uh, as, as nimble as a 6,000-pound truck can be um, in, the, in okay. the desert. All right, well, before we wrap this up, and I've got a little bit of a Roman rant I want to do. I hope people enjoy it. Let me know if you hate them. <laughs> I'll stop doing them. But let me, let me ask you, the, I guess, the question that is on everybody's mind. Given now that you, you can price out a TRX identical to a Raptor. So let's say let's ours say was 80 grand. Yeah, ours was, let's say, 77. So you, 80 grand Raptor, 80 grand TRX. Which would you rather buy? I would rather buy the TRX. Because you get, what, 250 no. more horsepower? Yeah. 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 And, and it's, and it's uh, the answer comes when, I, when we're driving. Better exhaust mode for sure. Well, it's, it's the effortless acceleration in the TRX. Mm. In the TRX, uh, when I drive it, uh, you step on the pedal, and it immediately, this truck leaps forward. You have to recalibrate your brain. This truck should not be this quick. Yeah, I remember I was driving up to Longmont, and there was a BMW next to me. I was on TRX, and he, I mean, you look down on him, right, because you're so tall. Yes. Uh, and he floored it, and I'm like, okay, it's on. And I floored it, and, you know, I left him. I could see the look on his face, like, what the? You know, I yeah. left him in, in a cloud of uh, supercharged uh, Hemi exhaust, no <laughs> dust. It was that crazy. And this new Raptor is not slow. I'm not saying it's a, it's right. a dog, but it's adequate. You know, when you floor it in the Raptor, it, it's hard. Once you, you go, accelerate, yeah. Once you, it's like you know, once you spend a night at the Four Seasons, it's, it's not that easy to go back to La Quinta. I'm not saying the Raptors of La Quinta, but that's the kind of right, you know, or maybe maybe a holiday a, a holiday, uh, yeah, something okay. like that. Okay, yeah, uh, exactly. It's just once you've like gone 702, it's hard to go 450-ish. And I'm not saying the Raptor is slow. I mean, it, it's, it's not slower. Slow. It's slower, but but it's adequate. It feel when you accelerate in the Raptor, you just get going, and on 37s you feel like a king, mm. right? You f you're looking over heavy duty trucks, and you're saying, "Hi guys, you know, I'm looking down at you," uh, and and um, but I would still pick the TRX because of that power. Hmm. Interesting. But you know, hopefully we'll get this uh, Raptor here in the office. Uh, so and compare the two. And compare. If Ford allows us to do that. They've been, manufacturers <laughs> have been really, really now. Uh, clamping down on Clamping it. down on what we do with the vehicles. They don't like us comparing vehicles. They don't like us doing numeric testing. Uh, they don't like us doing anything but basically just straight up reviews. Uh, I have to ask, uh, uh, last question. As a truck truck, how much does it tow? What's the payload? What are we looking at? Yes. If you want to use it as an everyday trucky truck. They improved that. Okay. Um, they improved it. So the, the truck in 37s I was driving, 
I think it was about 1,300 pounds of payload, which is better than 1,000 pounds. That's, you know, our truck, remember, we had 1,000 pounds of payload. And so the maximum payload is about 1,400 pounds on the new Raptor. The max towing is 8,200. So they improved it by 200 pounds over the last one and also 100 pounds over the TRX. So it's, it's that numbers war, right? It's the numbers war, but it will still tow a trailer. Uh, we, we didn't tow during this program, but um, you know, it's, it will still tow like the previous Raptor. Okay, uh, and here's just a little bit of a Roman rant. Um, uh, we're gonna do a video on this, but Andre, I've got this sneaking suspicion that truck manufacturers that are building electric trucks mm -hmm. uh, don't wanna sell them to truck buyers. Uh, I see where you're coming from. Are you talking about the likes of Rivian? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the I, likes I, yeah, of I think, I think, Hummer? Yeah, I think that somehow it's gotten into the ethos of the truck world that truck buyers are not going to buy electric trucks. So what we're going to do is we're going to go after people who aren't truck buyers. And the problem with, in my mind, that theory is that people who aren't truck buyers tend to live in places like L.A. or Chicago or New York. And whether, you know, the truck is powered by an electric motor or, you know, a combustion engine, you still have to park it in your garage and you still can't do that. <laughs> They're full yeah, they're just too big, right? You, you know, you go to LA, there's not a lot of full-size pickup trucks running around just because, you know, they're just very hard to live with in a crowded and urban environment. You can do it, but you got to be pretty wealthy. And so I, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of like a little confused because like, you know, GM has gone out of their way now to to let Marcus Brownlee, you know, promote the the or review the Hummer or the, the Lightning or the you know or same same thing with Ford. Uh, Rivian just gave um, the uh, Rivian uh, to our my friend Aaron Gold, who did a great review by the way. Good job, Aaron, on the Motor Trend review. But but once again, uh, you know we have a stack of emails from truck buyers that come in every day. They want to know about it. Not just want to know about it, thanking us for helping them make the decision to buy whatever truck they decided to buy. Right, and and I would hopefully. And I hope I'm right about this. Contend that you know people are coming to TFL truck, they're watching your reviews, they're watching the iContent because they are serious about the truck they want to buy, versus like like you know people like so I was at the I was at the Cybertruck launch right, so I got to ride it, which was great. So thank you very much, Tesla. Um, I really appreciate that. But then I was in the bathroom <laughs> waiting uh, to get behind the get, not behind the wheel, get get in the passenger seat of it. And there was a guy there, you know, a toilet just peeing. And there's a guy talking, and he just said, "Hey, I just put a reservation down uh, for my cyber truck." And the other guy was like, "You're, gonna, you're really going to get one?" He goes, "No, I did it as a joke for my mom." So, so I've got this sneaking. Or you know, when we were buying our Bronco, right? Um, we asked one of the salesmen, you know, if he was going to get one. He said, "I've got three on order." I go, three? Three reservations. Yeah, no, because I'm not sure what color I want to get. And you know what that is? That's like that's kind of dealer sh shenanigans, well, right, where, the, where, where they want to get three Broncos so that they can resell them. But, sure. uh, but, but what I'm saying is, you know, I don't necessarily hold, uh, you know, a lot of stock in the fact that, 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 that like the Lightning has a million reservations or the Cybertruck has a million reservations right now because, because it's one thing to actually reserve a truck. It's another thing than to, to you buy, know, one. buy one and then to live with it and then to figure out that it doesn't fit in your garage because most full-size trucks do not fit in most people's garages. Forget about the fact if you're living in an apartment in, in any of the urban areas. So, you know, I, I assume, and hopefully I'm right, that uh, truck buyers are going to buy electric trucks, and there's yeah. not this other pool of like magic people. <laughs> magic people, yeah. like, you know what? I've been driving a Prius, and I'm going to get myself a Lightning or a Cybertruck <laughs> or a Cybertruck. That, that you know, that's 20 feet long and yeah. eight feet wide because it's cool. <laughs> I, I'm sure there is some of that out there, right? But but I wonder how long before you know the secondhand Cybertruck market is going to get overwhelmed with people who are like, oh my God, this thing is a beast. Mm -hmm. Right, uh, and then the question is, who's your who's your market? And I think the answer is truck buyers, people who use them to tow, haul, work for a living. Right, truck guys and gals, uh, and that's a different world than right now that that's being you know advertised to or being. And, and let me know in the comments below who do you think is going to buy these trucks? And maybe I could be wrong. Maybe there is a secret pool of people who never bought a truck, but because it's electric, they're going to go and jump in the deep end. Yeah, and I'll just close with this. Uh, I think there is room for electric trucks. I don't think those of you guys who are saying, you know, the V8 is dead, uh, ga you know, internal combustion is dead in trucks, I don't think so. I think for many, many years, maybe decades in the future, there'll be both. 
There'll be electric trucks and there'll be gas-powered trucks because for certain tasks like heavy-duty stuff or long-distance stuff, the electric will not satisfy. So I think there'll always be both. Yeah, yeah. It's like a motorcycle, right? The, you know, I remember when Zero first came out and I was like, so cool, electric motorcycle. And then actually when I got to ride a Zero and compare it to like a regular motorcycle, I started thinking about like, you know, so let's see, fuel economy in a motorcycle is really a non-issue. Right. I mean, they all get like great fuel economy. So you're not really helping there with the electricity. And then to me, a motorcycle is like rolling art. Right. It's beautiful. You look at that Triumph Scrambler we've got and it's just, you know, the exhaust exhaust pipe. Yeah. Yeah, The way that it bends around, the way that it sounds. Right. These are these are works of rolling art. And you look at an electric motorcycle and in the middle is this just big square (laughs) battery. Right. And And it's heavy. And it's heavy. And yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you have, you know, like instant torque. But, you know, motorcycles especially sport bikes, already have instant torque. It's not like they're slow, right? They're, yeah. they're faster than most people can actually handle. So all the advantages of going electric in a motorcycle are kind of not there. And in a way, it's the same thing with trucks, right? Because look, if people use trucks to tow, we just you, you just did this weekend, we're publishing a video where you towed with the Volkswagen ID4 up the yes. gauntlet. What happened? 300 miles of range, how much did you end up getting? I'm not gonna say, because people have to watch the TFL car but, video. But it wasn't 300. But I was, I was sweating at the end, not because I was really, really hot, but because I was getting out of battery. Yeah, or, or like, you know, good trucks can go off-road. We took the, uh, uh, Jeep 4 by off-road in all-electric mode, I'm going to say it's a 20 kilowatt, 17 kilowatt hour battery, mm-hmm. three and a half miles of electric. Of off-roading. Of off-roading. Yeah. Whereas it, it, we got 27 miles on-road. So once again, you know, you can't plug it into a tree. It's uh, not going to satisfy every person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like I know, I know the Rivian tows 11,000. Uh, pounds, but okay. how far can it tow 11,000 pounds? And then just even simple stuff like, like you know, most towing is not in the city. It's, you know, it's long distance. How are we able to... Go to, to the lake, you mean? No, no, no. How are we able to actually recharge that ID towing? Was there a, a special uh, no. special charger where you could actually not have to... Unbu- un- you, d- you didn't, didn't you I, have to like, cr- like go over I, a curb or something? I, I went over a sidewalk. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I, I didn't want to unhook my trailer. I just parked it over a sidewalk. So th- there are serious limitations to electric vehicles given the current state of technology and especially serious limitations to trucks. So, you know, time will tell. I'm sure that people will figure it out. Battery technology will improve. Uh, design will improve. But right now, it's, you know, it's, it's selling into a headwind. Yep. Well, on that note, um, just we'll see you next time, right? Yep. Same same place, TFL yep. Talk and yeah. TFL Talking Trucks. Yeah, and I'm jealous, dude. You got to drive the Raptor. Hopefully, we'll get it at the office. But but you get to drive something else soon. I don't think we can talk about this. But I can't talk about but, it. But stay tuned because we'll have and, a lot and, more. And there's something even bigger that we can't talk about. So next week, you actually went to L.A. to see something that is... Uh, well, a long time coming and something that we've been asking for in the truck world forever. And finally, it's here. But we can talk about it. But it is uh, September 9th is the date. Is the date. Yeah. So you're going to want to come back here to September 9th. But it does tie into this conversation. That's the only clue I can give you. Yes. Well, thank you, guys. Thanks. See you guys next time. Remember, go to tfl-studios.com if you want to you know, get all of your TFL news in one place. And thank you to our patrons. And thank you to you guys for watching. As always, this is Roman. And Andre. Ciao. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.